Hey, before we get started, if you enjoy listening to spoken words, or I guess even if you don't, we'd appreciate an honest rating or review on iTunes. That'll help us fine-tune the show and allow other people to find it too. From Wyoming Public Media. This, this, this is this is spoken 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 words. Spoken words. This is spoken words. I'm Micah Schweitzer. I've always thought Almost all musicians, if they could get away with it, would play only the blues if people would actually pay and listen. And I think most authors, many authors, would write westerns if they could get paid. In this episode, we're hearing from C.J. Box. He's one of Wyoming's best-known authors. Box has written lots of short stories and novels, including the New York Times best-selling Joe Pickett series. The series follows the life of Wyoming game warden Joe Pickett, who strives to protect his family and the wilderness from all manner of enemies. Box's most recent entry in that series is called Vicious Circle. Pickett is again entangled with the Cates family. They have little respect for the law, and even less for those who enforce it. In this excerpt from Chapter 5, a member of Dallas Cates' gang faces the harsh realities of Wyoming cold for the first time. Later that afternoon, Randall Luthie pressed his back against the southwest corner of the log house and stared straight ahead. The five-shot Savage 17-caliber bolt-action rifle was pointed muzzle down along his right leg. Beyond a crude lean-to built of two-by-four framing with corrugated metal sheathing, the snow fell lightly on the treeless bench. Clumps of snow stuck to the tips of the sage, making it look remarkably like the blooming cotton fields of his youth in Hale County, Texas. And for a moment, he was transported back there to Plainview, smack in the middle of the panhandle, which was smack in the middle of nowhere. This was like the panhandle, he thought, in that it was the middle of nowhere as well, but much further north and much higher in elevation. And it was cold snow out there and not cotton. Above the rolling sagebrush vista and beneath the heavy storm cloud bank that had brought the snow was a thick blue band of mountains, their peaks obscured. The band of mountains was dark and it was damned cold up there too, and probably snowing much harder. If he never went back into those mountains again, it was fine with him. He discovered that mountains only look good from a distance or in a painting. When a man was actually in them, it was elemental and brutal, and there were animals there who could eat him. There was a reason why all these towns up here were on the flats. People shouldn't live in the mountains, Randall Luthie had decided. One of the things that unites the characters from both sides of the conflict in this book is that they choose to operate far from the relative comforts and resources of big cities. It's a familiar impulse for many of us who live in Wyoming. It's rough country. The weather's extreme. It takes work to live here. And it tends to attract people that maybe can't find a base of operation somewhere else. It's kind of, I, I wrote about it in one book. It was almost like people who wash up in a certain area because there's no place else to go. That's not always the case, but it is in some cases. And I like to write about the state and the the terrain and the people, but I like to do it many times from the uh, point of view of an outsider who's who's entering it for the first time and what they see and what's unique. Box, on the other hand, is the consummate Wyoming insider. He was born and raised in the state, leaving only for college, before returning to be a journalist and wilderness guide, and eventually a full-time fiction writer. In each of his careers, Box found he was often combating people's stereotypes of Wyoming. I think a lot of it is, it's what they expect to find, or they want to find. 
you know, those who want to find kind of a place where it's still a Western movie with lots of cliches can find that. Um, others who I think dig a little bit below the surface find a place that, although it's very low in population, there's a lot going on here. And um, I always think that so many big national issues and controversies, you can almost find it, uh, find it here years before it ever happens when it comes to things like energy development, you know, endangered species, resource management, uh, wind, which is I'm writing about in another book, um, wind turbines, that sort of thing. Those sort of, a lot of those issues are, are bubbling here before they actually get a lot of attention somewhere else. So even though it looks like there's not much going on, um, as we know, there's a lot going on underneath the surface. The Joe Pickett books each bring at least one of those controversial issues to the forefront, but Box doesn't officially take sides. I don't try to write agenda books, um, but I do try to, I do almost always have uh, topics that are either controversial or um, the kind of things people talk about around the water cooler in Wyoming. And um, whenever it's a controversial topic, what I try to do is find experts from both sides of that um, what, endangered species, ecoterrorism, um, you know, wind development, uh, find experts on both sides and get their opinions and then put them into the book coming from certain characters and trust the reader to come down where they may. Uh, and um, I find uh, it's interesting, especially when I travel around the country, how uh, some people will say they never thought about an issue that way before that didn't realize there was another side, um, no matter what the topic is. His journalism background not only shapes his approach to these topics, but also his writing style more generally. I mean, I'm a reader too, and I'm a big fan of a lot of authors, and I generally find that those that I like the best tend to have a journalism background. And I think that's because they tend to write more clearly, uh, maybe briefly, less flowery. You know, and there's not much difference between a, a great lead in a news story and a great opening line in a book. Plenty of fiction writers have that journalism background, but Box also got a lot of inspiration from his other career, guiding. I used to be very involved in the Wyoming tourism industry and used to take a lot of tours around the state with foreign journalists. And to see this state through their eyes for the first time um, opened my eyes to things that I try to include in the books that I might just otherwise bypass. I mean, I got to go skiing all over the state. I had snowmobiling. I did on, you know, multi-day wilderness pack trips, all those kind of things that I didn't realize at the time I was training myself to get a bank of experiences to write about later. I don't know if I want to do that so much now. I'd rather, I'd like to go fly fishing and that kind of thing. But some of that was extreme, but now I can write about it. Between guiding and research, Box has found himself in some rather strange situations. A reader can always tell if you know what you're talking about, whether it's just research off the internet or whether you've lived it or done it. And I think if you've got that ring of authenticity, it makes the books and the stories much stronger. I remember to research a book once uh, climbing to the top of a wind turbine and opening it up, but near Medicine Bow. And until I did that, I never would have guessed what it was like inside. The fact that it's completely dark, the tower sways in the wind, and there's no elevators. There's just a ladder. And the closer you get to the top of the machinery is, the greasier the ladder gets. It was kind of terrifying, but I was able to replicate that in a book that I think in a way made it better. He also gets some interesting reactions from people during the research process. 
I get odd looks, and sometimes, for example, the last book called Off the Grid is more of a thriller than a mystery, but it's about taking down a massive supercomputer, the NSA Center in Bluffdale, Utah. So I wanted to figure out how would you take it down, take it offline. And I went to uh, the NCAR outside of Cheyenne, the um, supercomputer center, to talk to the engineers. And of course, they didn't want to tell me how to take it down. But the more we talked, the more they, in a sense, told me how you would go about it. And so sometimes it's almost like if you approach somebody with an open notebook, they feel compelled to fill it. Um, even though when you start out the conversation, they don't want to give away everything. But Box's research isn't all interviews and adventures designed to answer specific questions or fill out specific plots. Sometimes just being aware of the Wyoming characters around him can have an even bigger impact on the series. You know, I do spend still a lot of time just listening and observing people. And there are so many characters in, in such a small state that this is. And the, the Farkas character is kind of based on a guy I met. Um, actually, I met him in Jackson Hole, but who liked to portray himself as, a, as quite a fishing guide and mainly because he wanted to meet girls. And the funniest thing I'd heard about him was that he filed a little slot in his front tooth to explain to people that that's where he, he, he cut the line. Um, when he was out in the in the river, and I, so I started just from that created a character who was didn't really do much work, but loved to tell everybody what an outdoorsman he was. In contrast, Joe Pickett began as an amalgam of a much more common Wyoming individual. When I created the character in the first place, I didn't base him on any particular person or actor, certainly nothing like that. I just kind of tried to take what I considered at the time kind of a, a typical Wyoming guy that I knew, like my friends and, and others who, um, you know, took their jobs fairly seriously, but tried to raise a family and tried to, you know, live it straight. Um, and, and I've since met so many game wardens who could be Joe Pickett as well as others around. But there, no, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of characters though to, to play off of them. And what I usually find is most of the characters are kind of exaggerations of what they think people want to see when they come out here. But what is that Western character people come to Wyoming to find? Box takes an expansive view of the genre, moving beyond the stereotypes a Farkas-like character might try to project. Most people, when they say Western, think of a traditional Western, something that takes place in the 1880s. But I think most writers, and I talk to a lot of, a lot of authors, whether or not they set their, their books in the West or not, would consider a Western to be a little bit different and be more about themes, about individualism and... Um, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the civilizing influence of, of uh, the government versus um, people out trying to make it on their own kind of things. And also, uh, you know, revenge and taking the law into your own hands. Those are more Western stories as, as most writers would refer to them. And I know I've talked to, um, for example, George Pelicanos, who writes about only Baltimore, but he thinks almost every book he writes is a Western. In, in the way it's structured and its theme. And um, there's many others. I think I've always thought almost all musicians, if they could get away with it, would play only the blues if people would actually pay and listen. And I think most authors, many authors, would write westerns if they could get paid like they do for their thrillers or crime novels or whatever. Box's own ideal western project would be a little closer to home than Baltimore. What I would like to do someday is write um, almost a pre-Western, something set in the Mountain Man era, 
which has always fascinated me, um, kind of before all of that, because I find that, you know, that some of the very first, um, you know, white men to, to venture into the Rocky Mountains and the relations that they had with Indians and nature and that, I find fascinating because they were totally on their own. And uh, so someday I'd like to do that, but I doubt I would ever um, do a modern day book that wasn't set somewhere in the Mountain West. You know, other writers can handle that. So he's fairly set on staying and writing about Wyoming for the foreseeable future. Kind of going back to the issue thing, there's a lot going on here. You know, I love the scenery. I love weather. I love, you know, the mountain and in in the total diverse terrain of Wyoming and, and the area. I think it it kind of breeds a certain kind of interesting person that's fun to write about and get to know. You know, uh, the books have been successful enough that, you know, we could kind of live anywhere we wanted now, uh, my wife and I, but we've chosen that we're going to stick it out. We're going to stay. We like it. And uh, we find things we like about the state more all the time. No retiring to Florida. Florida drives me crazy. It's bugs and humid. and, And plus, people from Florida live there. Vicious Circle came out in March of 2017. Box's newest book, Paradise Valley, was just released in July. It ventures outside of Wyoming and the Joe Pickett universe, but only as far as North Dakota, nowhere near the Sunshine State. This episode was produced by Annie Osborne. I'm Micah Schweitzer. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing program and Wyoming Public Media. Again, if you've enjoyed the podcast or have any suggestions, please rate and review us on iTunes.